0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabond Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? Good. I'm, uh, once again, suffering from uh, sports overload. Um... Uh, This week, uh, there was an unusual Thursday, uh, September the 10th, was uh, an incredible day in the sporting universe. They're calling it the Super Equinox, Nez. I don't know how many of these you were able to watch, but all on the same day. Apparently, it's only happened once before. All on the same day, the NFL, the NBA, MLB, NHL, MLS, college football, WNBA, U.S. Open tennis. I'm running out of breath. PGA Tour. LPGA Tour. Never happened uh, I believe only once before. Um, everything's going on, as they say. Was it, was it Bob Cole who said that? Everything's going on right now? Uh, <laughs> everything's going on. Uh, we're trying to keep up with it. Uh, just uh, we got to talk about Raptors and Celtics obviously and and have a little wrap-up discussion on the Raptors season. Uh, just so that our listeners know, it's going to be an interesting show today. We've got two... Uh, Two really interesting personalities uh, coming up to uh, to interview. Uh, of course, we've had him on the show before from Boston. The godfather of sports radio, Eddie Andelman. Uh, what could be a better week to uh, talk to Eddie? He's going to rub it in, I presume, a little bit about uh, the Celtics, and but we get a chance to talk to him about the, the Patriots and Tom Brady and what's going on there. In the middle of the hour, there was a fabulous uh, documentary-slash-film at the Toronto International Film Festival last year it's called Red Penguins uh, it's now released on Rogers on Demand and in various places um, the story of Red Penguins uh this is we're talking we're going to be talking to Steve Warshaw who's the chief uh, what do you want to call him protagonist uh, chief figure in this whole story the I this one is stranger than fiction let's put it that way the Pittsburgh Penguins Howard Baldwin decided they were going to invest in the Red Army team in, over in Russia in the mid-1990s. And it's a fascinating, fascinating story. Uh, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't write this. If you brought this script to a Hollywood producer, he'd tell you to get lost because it's, it's crazy, but it's true. And uh, we've got Steve Warshaw on the show, uh, middle of the hour. We're going to be talking about Red Penguins. Got a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh so if you get an opportunity, uh li- by all means listen to our interview. I got a feeling after that you'll wanna you'll wanna download it and watch it pretty quickly. Nas
2: Raptors, Celtics, uh parting thoughts. We we talked about this before, Wally. We thought that the Celtics were not a good match for the Raptors and they weren't good for the Raptors. Any other team the Raptors would be, but they had trouble with the Celtics for sure.
1: Uh, you know, I give uh, they certainly the the, the Celtics um, over the course of the last couple of years have been a difficult matchup for the Raptors for whatever reason. Um, Raptors haven't had the greatest success against Celtics, but I give them all the credit in the world. Um, I'm talking about the Raptors here, uh, defending champions. Um, you know, they lost uh, Kawhi, they lost Danny Green. Um, had to fight some injuries, a little bit older, uh, but you know what they uh they just refused to quit. Uh, they had a great season let's uh let's give uh let's give a little bit of praise uh finish with their best winning record in their history at point seven three six fifty three and nineteen second best record in the n b a Nick nurse, coach of the year. And Kyle Lowry in the playoffs played all world. Um, Almost, almost, I wouldn't say by himself, but he was certainly uh, the quarterback. He was certainly the go-to guy. He was certainly the leader in the playoff run. And they didn't come up that short, Naz. You know, they had the ball in their hands. 30 seconds left, three points, one possession game. Um, Didn't get it done. But uh, you know they had they had multiple opportunities in this series to say let's uh, let's fold it up uh, we're getting run out um, let's go home let's get out of this bubble and they didn't um, you know stole victory from the jaws of defeat on a couple of occasions uh, double overtime uh, thriller uh, give them credit for that uh, and took it really you know found themselves behind in game seven but. You know, chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, refused to quit. So I will take, uh, you know, you, you're you not happy, you're defending champions, you, you didn't get it done, but there's uh, so many positives from this particular Toronto Raptor team that I will remember, and more than anything, I will remember their never-say-die attitude in uh, against the Celtics. You uh, didn't get absolutely, it done. That sport. Absolutely, Wally, Absolutely. Uh, you know didn 't get it done, but that's sports they didn 't quit um Lowry took his game um his basketball game and his leadership game to a different level. There have been times in the past i wouldn 't say ultra we 've been ultra critical of lowry, but somewhat uh you know he's making making a lot of money but uh, I will tell you in in that in the series and in the playoffs he uh he earned it and all all the best to him on a go forward basis Naz, uh, certainly, uh, Raptors got some work to do. Uh, Van Vliet, Gasol and Ibaka are unrestricted free agents. Um, it's going to take, uh, take some money to Van Vliet. Uh, certainly, I don't know what he's making, but he, you know, he, uh, he's, uh, he's done things the hard way. Uh, he's worked hard to get to the level that he's at and whatever pay increase he's going to get is, uh, presumably, well deserved. Gasol and Ibaka, there, you know, their careers are at a different uh, uh, at a different place. Uh, what it's going to take if they if they can get them back, and if they, uh, you know, they got some guys coming up. onunabi uh, has played well, uh, taken his game. Norm Powell, um, you know, they got some holes to fill on a go forward basis. Lowry's a year older. Um, there's there's work to do. Um, so it's uh, well. Uh, Masai's got some uh, he's got some holes to fill, and hopefully, uh, you know, he's been uh, he's been one of the premier general managers in the NBA in the last uh, in the la- if not the premier general manager. Um, so certainly, if anybody can get it done, uh, we look forward to Masai uh, um, doing what he's got to do.
2: Nas, I think they have to sign two of the three guys that uh, are free agents to continue on. Um, well, to be competitive, anyway. Yeah, I think Van Vliet, uh, uh
1: I think there's the one way or another. They got to figure out how to keep him here. Uh, you know, Lowry can't. You know, I mean, he's getting a little bit older, Naz and uh, you know, played a lot of minutes in this in this bubble. Um, so he needs he needs some help back there. Gasol and Ibaka. Well, they're they're uh, you know Gasol. Um, you know, I think. That he may have played his last game as a raptor. Time will tell, um, and we'll see what else can come in from the uh, free agent market or or uh, any other sources that Masai might have. So we're uh, you know we give we give the Raptors credit for their season. Uh, he kept uh, kept the Raptors fans uh, glued to our television sets uh, during the playoffs, and. Uh, Certainly, the uh, lot of people were watching uh, as they did uh, as they did a year ago, and uh, uh, like I said, Nas no quit in them. They didn't uh, they didn't choke. They gave it everything they had, and they uh, just came up a little bit short. And uh, we'll be back again next year, and uh, hopefully, we'll have warm uh, warm uh, seats, uh, wor- warm uh, warm butts in the seats. Uh, in the next season, we don't know when the, uh, when the season's going to start or what the, uh, what the details of that will be, but, uh, I would guess, uh, that will s- be announced in short order. Uh, NBA playoffs are ongoing, the Celtics and the heat, the Clippers have not put away the nuggets yet. Uh, they're up three, two, the Lakers are through to the next round, uh, if the Clippers and the Lakers head to the next series, that certainly will be a much watched series. LeBron against Kawhi, and uh, with all their supporting cast, um, that's going to attract a lot of attention.
2: Naz, last word before we go to break. Uh, hopefully, they, uh, we, we're going to hear a sign and trade with Milwaukee for the Raptors. You talking the big guy, Giannis? Yeah. Okay, Maz, you're always
1: provocative on this show. You've thrown that out there, and uh, we'll keep an eye on that story. We've got the Godfather of Sports Radio coming up. I'm uh, calling in from Boston. Uh, we're going to go to break, and uh, we'll be right back with Eddie Andelman.
3: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced contact free delivery. Order and prepay online and choose contact free delivery. The driver will place your order on your doorstep in a nice, clear, protective bag. Then you'll politely stand back two metres and call the number on the receipt. Once you answer the door, he'll give you a little toodaloo and off he goes. Contact free delivery from pizzaville.ca or the Pizzaville app. Are you real
0: ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walk-through video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca
5: Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice.
0: Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio.
1: Good morning and welcome back to the Nas and Wally Sports Hour. We are on, we are on the new AM 740, downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM, live streaming on the internet, ca. We're pleased to welcome back to the Nas and Wally Sports Hour, the godfather of sports radio, the, uh, the host of the greatest sports talk radio show in history out of Boston, the Sports Huddle, the none other than Eddie Andelman. Good morning, Eddie. How are you? Good morning. How's everybody there in Canada? We're doing great, Eddie. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Uh, we haven't chatted uh, since about March. Uh, just want to make sure uh, you're safe and sound up in Boston and uh, everybody's healthy. Uh, everything good with you, Eddie? It is,
6: as a matter of fact, uh, you know, just I'm bored to death.
1: But well, <laughs>
6: thank God for the Celtics-Toronto uh, <laughs> basketball series. It gave me something to do.
1: Well, it certainly was. A, it certainly was a fantastic series, uh, Eddie. We didn't in Toronto get the uh, result we would have liked, although we're still gloating a bit. We still are the defending NBA champions for a little bit longer. Uh, but I'll give you the opportunity to, uh, you know, we uh, we uh, we have a little fun between each other. I'll, uh, you know, uh, don't take it all all that seriously, but we get a little shot in and there and then, and unfortunately the Boston gets to take more shots at Toronto than vice versa, so if you want to get your usual Boston uh, shot into Toronto, Eddie, I'll give you the opportunity.
6: No, I have to tell you, that series is one of the reasons why I'm a sports fan. It was up and down, it was emotional, it was some great play, and I have to tell you, I, I just think the real difference was Marcus Smart who, you know, is not the top of everybody's wanted list. But he's just a great player and uh I I can't remember a series in the last ten years that was as good as the uh, Toronto uh Celtics series.
1: Yeah, it certainly was some fantastic basketball and uh, it was just we we're just saying earlier uh Eddie, that uh, we're proud of our Raptors. They didn't quit. They had every opportunity in this series to fold. Uh, they seem to be up against a team that was a little bit, they've always had problems against the Celtics in the last few years. Celtics seem to have a little bit more, uh, but the Raptors didn't quit. So we, uh, we, in Toronto, were feeling good about how they uh, how they played. And as you say, it was, it certainly was compelling basketball and one of the best uh, series we've seen in a while. At this opportunity, Eddie, at this moment, I give the opportunity to my co-host, Naz Marchese, to uh, give his regards to you and uh, whatever questions uh, he might want to direct. Hey, Eddie. How are you today?
6: Naz, good to talk with you. The other guy hogs the show altogether. I didn't even know you were alive.
2: (laughs) I learned from the best, Eddie. Go ahead, Naz. Eddie, what are the chances of Boston making the final and beating Miami in the next series?
6: Well, I'm not I'm not very confident, to tell you the truth. Miami seems to be coming on uh, and getting better and better. Uh, one thing that they can do is, is they have great outside shooting. And um, I would say that there should be a slight favorite over the Celtics, but you never know what the Celtics are. You just never know. If uh, Tatum and Brown both get hot the same game, they're very tough to beat. But if I was betting and I'm not, I would never bet against the home team. Um, I, I would have to say that Miami has the edge at the moment.
1: Uh, Nascent said he says I hogged the show. I'll give. I'll let you give Eddie a follow-up question. Go ahead.
2: What, the play of Kemba Walker during the Raptors series was inconsistent. What do you think he has to do to uh, make up for it?
6: I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't get the whole question.
2: Ken Bo Walker had a tough series against the Raptors. Oh, he, yes, he did. He needs to get better, right?
6: Well, you know, he has got a bad knee. What we call in hockey terms, a staz knee <laughs> 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 uh, little joke, I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, he's 31, and his probably, this is uh, as they say in French today, no amount of his career. Uh, it's heading downhill, but They'll replace him. They have a couple of number one draft picks coming up. They have lots of young players to trade. And I suspect they'll come up with a replacement before next season. I'd watch the Celtics next season. I think they're about ready to go for the championship.
1: Eddie, um, NFL football has started this week. Right, uh, gives you something to uh, something to do aside from all the other sports that's going on. Uh, there's certainly some changes happening down in Patriot Land. The big change is Tom Brady's no longer a New England Patriot. The uh, Cam Newton is uh, filling. I would let me let me rephrase that as taking the position as quarterback uh, with the Patriots. Uh, size it all up for us, uh, Eddie. What what can we expect from the Patriots this year? What can, what? Uh, how successful will, the, will they be?
6: Well, I, I'll say one thing. This finally answers a question I've had in my mind for the last 20 years. Is Brady the main reason the Celtics were successful, or is it Belichick? And I think you're going to find out, because Belichick, before uh, when he was a head coach in Cleveland, did absolutely nothing. And then he comes, and all of a sudden, you can equate the Patriots' success with Brady, so I think we're going to find out a lot about whether Belichick is the greatest coach of all time or not. And then, if Brady should go on to the Super Bowl, um, I would say that he would definitely, without question, be the greatest quarterback of all time. So, my own personal prediction is one of three: they'll either be eight and eight, seven and nine, or nine and seven. And that, despite they're playing in a very weak division,
1: that uh, that gives a lot of hope for Buffalo Bills fans, of which uh, they are our, our, our adopted team in Toronto, except for those that are Pittsburgh Steelers fans. But uh, uh, Buffalo Bills are in our in our market area here. Nas is a big Buffalo Bills fan. Uh, Naz, you
2: want to follow up on uh, the Bills Patriots? Uh, Cam Newton is injury prone, and uh, I wonder. How is their backup quarterback, Eddie? Because well, I don't think he'll last more than six games, can you? You know,
6: it's, it's hard to say. I'm, I'm not a medical doctor, so I really don't know. But I sort of agree with you, Naz, that uh, there's the chances of injury with a quarterback running in this league are, are pretty high compared to a drop-back quarterback. Um, I don't really know... Uh, how he's going to get along with uh, Belichick? You know, Belichick is an iconoclast. You know, it's his way or the highway, and Cam um, is sort of a free spirit. I, I talked with one of the players uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, a bench player, but not not a, a star. And he said that all the players are waiting to see how it, how they get along and whether, and you know. Great as uh, Brady was, Belichick treated him like any other player. You know, didn't pay him enough <laughs> and yelled at him constantly. I don't know if that will work with Cam. He has a different, totally different personality. But the one thing I'm glad is it's time for some football. I really am because the Red Sox are so miserable. <laughs> uh, I mean i i just wish I just wish they would end the season tomorrow. Because I'm not used to the, you know, a Boston team being this poor. They really are the sisters of the poor. And I feel sorry for the good players because there's just absolutely no material there. And of course, with the prices the way they are and the income that all these teams have, it seems to me to be cutting off um, salary and giving away mucky bets. It, it's going to end up almost the same as what goes around comes around. The Red Sox getting rid of Babe Ruth for money. Wow. And and here it is like 80 years later, and they're doing the same thing with Mookie Best, who is without question the second best player in baseball.
1: I'm going to ask, Eddie, not that I'm trying to rub it in. The Red Sox and the Blue Jays, uh, we're taking a little bit of pride in the Blue Jays because We've got a lot of exciting young players that seem to be coming together at uh, at 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 the same time. We're now twenty five and twenty. Red Sox are sixteen and thirty one. They have a history of spending money like like crazy. Uh, What happened? What what, like it's just like it was like yesterday. They were you know they were you know them and the Yankees and the Dodgers are spending three hundred four hundred million dollars a year, whatever they were spending and. You know, they're always at the top of the standings, uh, and, all, and now they're doormats. What, what happened? Well,
6: I, I'm sure you've been through this in your lives. Uh, <clears throat> there are some people, and particularly uh, politicians, who are happy to spend other people's money. When the Red Sox hired, I call them, uh, two words, Dumb Browski, as <laughs> general manager. Uh, he had the purse strings of the Red Sox. And he just spent whatever he felt like because it wasn't his money. And so you never can get yourself into that kind of a situation. What you have to do in all business situations, uh, give them a budget and tell them I have to stick to their budget, not double the budget. Just stick to it. And the Red Sox didn't do that. They thought money would buy happiness. And we all know that money does not buy happiness.
1: No, it certainly doesn't. <laughs> uh, we've got to go to break shortly, <laughs> Eddie. We, we thank you. uh, <laughs> uh now uh, one, uh, one last follow-up question, then I've got one last question for Eddie, Eddie and then we'll let him Eddie, go.
2: there's only 15 games left, so you don't have to put up with the Red Sox much more. <laughs>
6: uh, well, my Red Sox, I'm, I'm heartbroken over it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Eddie, uh, uh, last question. It's a follow up question from the last interview we uh, we did with you back in March, and we ran out of time, and I and I and I couldn't follow up on it. And I've always said I got to ask Eddie this question uh, because uh, you know we're in the Toronto market here. Many of our listeners, uh, if they're sports talk radio junkies from way back in the day, they'll they'll know who you are and they'll know they'll have heard of the Sports Huddle. Uh, but we've chatted so many times about all the All the incredible sports personalities that you that you've interviewed during right. your lifetime, and the last last show I asked you who was, who was your i I didn't remember if it was your favorite interview or your best interview of all time, and you shocked me, and we didn't have time to follow up, so I said, next time we get him on the air, I've got ask him Last time I asked you your your most significant or most uh, best interview or most interesting interview, you said Jimmy Carter's mother.
6: That's right. Uh, Brilliant. Jimmy,
1: Jimmy Carter's mother. And I didn't get a chance to follow up on that. Well, now you've got a couple of minutes. Uh, Eddie, tell us that story.
6: Well, I tell you, as you know, um, the only sport that has never had a betting scandal is professional wrestling. <laughs> and so I've always been a great fan. And I read in a a little innocuous uh, thing in the Wall Street Journal one day that Miss Lillian loved professional wrestling. She adored it. And she said that she would stick a pin in Killer Kowalski's eye if she could. (laughs) So I knew she was really into it. So uh, one thing we have in Massachusetts, we have as many Democrats as we have trees. And... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I called, I called uh, uh, Kitty Dukakis, who was the governor's wife. I went to high school with, and I and I told her I'd like to get Miss Lillian on, and she went to work on it for me. And I had her, and she's a you know a real southern belle. She had a wonderful personality. She at that time she was in her high eighties, but um, I talked to her about wrestling, and then I sort of you know moved a little bit into politics and um she was just a wonderful vibrant person and um i I, I was just so stunned i've had the uh, opportunity to not only interview ted williams but have him come up to the show once for three hours which i I always consider a historic interview and then i I once had leo derosha leo the lip derosha who was once banned for hanging around Las Vegas for a year, and probably one of the best managers ever in baseball, he started to talk about uh, all the women he picked up in different cities. He showed me his black book. And at that time, he was married to movie star Lorraine Day. So, you know, when you're on the air for 40-something years, you get a chance to interview lots of people. And uh, I also uh, had an opportunity, it was brief, though, maybe five minutes to interview Ali, um, which was one of the highlights of my life because um, he was just a wonderful, pr- vibrant person, uh, full of jokes and personality and uh, braggadocia. I, I just really, um, I'd say, I always said Muhammad Ali is probably the greatest single worldwide athlete America ever produced. Remember, he was worldwide. Yep. I mean, you you take a hockey player. I don't even know who plays for Canada. Uh, But uh, I can tell you there's no one in the world uh, that comes close to Ali. That's baseball, football, basketball, uh, even the Olympic
1: Games. No one has matched Ali. On that note, Eddie, uh, we're going to thank you. It's always a pleasure catching up with you. It's always a pleasure hearing yeah, your voice. Will
6: you please the government to open up so we can go to Canada and do a little shopping?
1: Uh, yeah, we're 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 working on that, Eddie. I, I I'm kind of hopeful it opens up. I get down, I can come down and visit you in Florida, and uh, we can share some stories.
6: Anyway, yeah. anyways, I've been to Canada in Canada, thirty years.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, happy to hear you're doing well, and uh, we'll catch up as soon as we can. Thanks so much for joining us, Eddie.
6: Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Wally. Thanks,
1: Thanks so much, Eddie. Ed, Eddie Anderman. On that note, uh, uh, we're going to go to break, and we come back from break, uh, we're going to have the Red Penguin story. Listen to this one. Uh, it's it's just it's the most interesting, fascinating uh, story you might want to hear. Uh, we'll be right back with the chief guy in that story, Steve Warshaw.
3: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced contact-free delivery. Order and prepay online and choose contact-free delivery. The driver will place your order on your doorstep in a nice, clear, protective bag. Then he'll politely stand back two metres and call the number on the receipt. Once you answer the door, he'll give you a little toodaloo and off he goes. Contact-free delivery from pizzaville.ca or the Pizzaville app.
5: Experience
0: the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca
4: There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigobon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigobon Carly, the intelligent choice.
0: They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on the new AM 740, downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. On the internet, www.zoomaradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour sports marketing genius, Steve Warshaw. Steve, how are you this morning? Dobro utra, gentlemen. Good morning in Russian. Good to hear from you. Good morning. I uh, thanks so much for joining us, Steve. We've been uh, we had uh, we had touch base with each other about a year ago. There's this fascinating film documentary. I don't know what you want to call it. It's called Red Penguins. It's the name, the official name of it. It uh, premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival the year before. I actually chatted with you at the, at the uh, screening of that movie and said, you know what, Steve, someday we got to get you on the show. We tried last year, but we, uh, we finally got around to it. I can't believe a year has gone by. Red Penguins is on Netflix in the United States. In Canada, you can find it on some of the other streaming sites. It's number one on iTunes, if I understand. 98% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't even know how to describe this one, Steve. Because if you tried to script it, uh, you took it to a Hollywood producer, they'd probably refuse it. Because certainly in this one, truth is crazier than fiction. Uh, but you're you're the guy that's in the middle of this entire story. It it happened in the 1990s, and it centered around the Pittsburgh Penguins, Howard Baldwin uh some other guys got dragged into it Michael J Fox Mario Lemieux uh the Red Army team over in Russia was bankrupt and somebody got the great idea that a little investment was going to be made uh in in the Russian Red Army team uh Steve I'm going to ask you to take it over from there uh if somehow you can explain uh how this all how all this started uh, and how you got in the middle of it.
7: Well, that was a hell of a lead in. Um, I appreciate it. And yeah, what happened uh, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, um, there was no money for the Army team, the fabled Red Army team that has produced Krutov, Larianov, Makarov, Alexander McGillney, who played for the Maple Leafs at the end of his career, uh, Pavel Bure, Sergei Fyodorov, all the top stars had been stolen by the National Hockey League. So this once-proud team had nothing left. Um, And I remember at our first press conference, I was trying to explain to the angry Russian media um, who the whole country was upset with the National Hockey League that they had just literally denuded the rainforest of all their top talent. And I remember making the mistake of telling the media, hey, listen, the National Hockey League might have the oak trees, but we got the acorns. And I was met with a curse. Uh, I can't curse on the air, but he said, uh, F your oak trees, F your acorns, we want our oak trees back, and um, so we we started off on the wrong foot, Um, the oil companies were taking oil out of the country, and the National Hockey League was taking hockey players out, so they thought that the Penguins were there to continue this thievery and take coaches and trainers, so... um, we We were not greeted as liberators, that's for sure, even though the team was bankrupt. Um, Victor Tikhonov was the coach, Valery gushin was the general manager, and it, it they swallowed a lot of pride to have to go back to the Americans who, right after the Cold War, now are going to help save this proud team and so it was It was a hell of a story, unfortunately, as you 'll see in the film, a lot of murders and deaths um, to players, coaches, photographers. League officials, um, and that's when the Pittsburgh Penguins decided it was a little too rough, and that was the end of the Fable joint
1: venture. Uh, Naz, I'll turn it over to you.
2: Hockey fans, um, we knew Victor Tikhonov, and I found that the character, his character, was really, uh, really well done. And uh, what, what did you think of Tikhonov?
7: Well, he was a study communist, an old old communist, and uh, the players certainly resented him. As a matter of fact, uh, Slava Fatisov didn't talk to me for a couple of years. He felt that, you know, that the Americans helping the Red Army team that had literally killed Valery Harlamov and had destroyed all of their careers, uh, that we were almost like scabs coming in to help the team that had punished all of their players as you know the training for enough uh... he didn't let the players see their wives he didn't let them see their families if your mother was dying too bad you had to wait until they died and then they'd let you out of the army barracks to the funeral um, and even your wife you were given five minutes behind the barracks in the snow to show your affection every month and it was, it was torture um... Tikhanov refused to pay any money for silver medalists ten thousand if you want a gold zero for silver so the pressure that, was, that these players were under was terrible, and the new players certainly couldn't relate to him either.
1: Hey, we're talking to Steve Warshaw. We're talking about uh, a film-slash-documentary that's out. Uh, it was at Toronto International Film Festival. It received great reviews. Um, it's now out on Netflix in the States and Canada. Rogers On Demand and some of the other streaming sites also can find it on iTunes. Uh, Steve you are a sports marketing, uh, I call you genius, guru, yeah. whatever. whatever. Uh, you're in the sports marketing business. Um, Howard Baldwin, Tom Ruda, owners of the Pittsburgh Penguins. I presume at some day or some evening or at some point in time, you get a phone call, and it was either Howard Baldwin or Tom Ruda. I don't know who it was, mm-hmm. but explain it to us. You get a phone call saying, do you want to go to Moscow? <laughs> uh, t- <laughs> Tell
7: well, us. Tell I us. had the uh, the pleasure of representing a lot of the top hockey players at IMG under Mike Barnett, who was Wayne Gretzky's agent at the time, and Mario Lemieux is another one of my marketing clients, Jaromir Yager. I was very lucky. Good, good sort of the golden era of hockey. And they were looking for someone that had run sports teams. And uh, to follow Eddie Andelman is an honor. I met uh, Eddie... Uh, when I was the general manager for the Boston Celtics farm team in Worcester, Worcester, Massachusetts, <laughs> uh, in 1985. Uh, Dave Cowens was the head coach, actually. So at the time, though, I was looking, they were looking to find someone that spoke a little Russian, knew the Russian culture, had worked with Russian players, and I had that luxury. So the, uh, the last part of the criteria for the job was that you had to have no family, no kids, and be able to leave in five minutes. So I was uniquely qualified for the gig, and I had no idea what I was getting into. And you'll see in the film that uh, the cultural rift between the two countries was as bad as the hockey, which was miserable at the time.
1: Nest? Nest? Yeah,
2: I'm here. Uh,
1: okay, I'll, I'll move on with the, with the next question. Uh, Steve, you arrive in Moscow. You go to. Uh, I, I take it at that point uh, you, you try to make yourself comfortable. Uh, one, I'll ask you: Do you have? Did you have any idea what you were getting yourself into? And then, second of all, you arrive at the arena, and and I, if I'm not mistaken, it's the Ice Palace, with the the Luzhniki Ice Palace, which which has a, which has a fabled history in Canadian sporting war because right, that's where game eight happened in the summit series in 1972 uh which was in canada still considered the greatest hockey game of all time uh, but you arrive at this ice palace and it's not in the greatest of condition uh your first impressions
7: yeah ice palace was certainly a misnomer it was it looked like a bomb had hit it and uh it was very sad. You got to understand that the whole country of Russia is very sad. You know, for five hundred years they've had czars and emperors and communists, and now Putin. So they've really been afraid as a culture their whole life. So for for the Americans to come in after the collapse of the Soviet Union, um, it was extremely difficult. And, um, and so for us, not only was it a problem. Uh, now let me first explain. We had some great players. Um, Nikolai Habibulin was our goaltender. Sergey Breland was one of our star forwards. We had a couple first-round picks, uh, Alexander Karlamov and Jan Goloboski. But besides that, we really inherited a train wreck. So from our standpoint, we knew it was all about marketing. We didn't have many players to market. So that's when we started to bring in some crazy acts. And, and you'll see in the film that we had everything from strippers to acrobats to speed skaters. We had, we had all barrel jumpers. Weird free beer nights. I mean, every night was a freak show at the arena, and that's the reason we survived. And then we got a little too successful. That's when the mafia stepped in. And you'll see in the film um, that the mafia really is a synonym for business. It's, it's, I would call it disorganized crime. It's not really organized crime like we have with our mafia. Um, so therefore, yes, it was a train wreck of epic proportion, and you will find out when you see the film.
2: Uh, uh, What what was Disney's involvement
7: with the team? I'm sorry?
2: What was Disney's involvement with the team?
7: Yeah, well, what happened is that um, Disney got very interested in the team. We had toured in the United States. We played the International Hockey League. um, And Disney got very interested because they were trying to open up in Russia as well, just like they had done in France. Um, And we were all, all the companies that were sponsors of the team, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, these were all the pioneers looking to break into a new marketplace of 150 million new consumers. The only problem is nobody had any money. So that was another problem we faced.
1: Well, uh Steve, you were you uh, certainly uh, a, a genius uh, when it comes to promotion and uh and I highly encourage our listeners to watch it. It's uh, it's it's it, the, uh, you know, I watched it again last night just in preparation because I think it's the third time I've watched it. And it's—I mean—it goes. It's got peaks and valleys. It's got—it's—it—it it, it makes you laugh out hard at certain point in times, and then it gets ultra serious because there's real consequences that happen. But uh, I laughed at—I the parts that I found incredibly hilarious uh, were some of your were some of your promo stunts. I mean, you, you took over a place uh, that was. Completely and utterly run down. You fixed it up. If I'm not mistaken, you found out that there there was actually a strip club in the, in the basement of the arena. And you came you came up with the brilliant idea uh, that okay, we can put these we can put them to good use and we can make them cheerleaders during the game. Uh, you know the the promo of the of it's about gangsters and then there's the, there's the episode with the live bears. So you got bears out there with beer.
7: Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was I mean, crazy. Stuff, stuff um, let's put it this way. Well Not many arenas have strip clubs in their basement. <laughs> um, and there was another funny moment in the film that you know, which didn't make the film, unfortunately, um, the 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 lost in translation aspect. Um, I really didn't. My Russian is not that great, and I wasn't able to explain to the strippers exactly what I wanted them to do. So I told them to move in synchronization. Unfortunately, they thought that meant to perform some sort of romantic acts on the ice. <laughs> and the more i banged on the glass the fans started banging on the glass and it got worse and worse and worse until they had nothing
1: left on at all <laughs> but ultimately ultimately where the story goes is you took you took over something that was for lack of a better term a disaster there was nobody going to the arena tickets were being sold i think for 8 cents a ticket or whatever the equivalent is in rubles mm-hmm. and you actually Turned it around. Uh, These promos, gimmicks, or stunts, or whatever you want to call them, actually worked. Um, You managed to fill the arena. You managed to change things around. And you managed to make it successful. And then after it got successful, then it got serious, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you
7: make money in Moscow, uh, the mafia steps in, and it's a very simple formula. Your contracts start out at 50-50 deals, and then as soon as you start making money, the Russians change the deals to 10-90. And at that point, you have to decide you want to stay for the 10% or come home. And we actually had a, a little easier decision because the mafia was threatening to kill me um, and take over the team. So we, um, we had an easy decision to
1: make. Actually, when they said that, that there was a contract, I believe, on your life, and I, was the price $6,500? Yeah, I was disappointed. I thought I was worth <laughs> at least grand. Yeah. <laughs> uh i am sure that's not very funny, but I, I guess because you're here and safe, I guess we can laugh about it a little bit. But, uh, there's a lot of things we cannot laugh about. And you, you, you alluded to it a bit earlier because by the time you got there and by the time you turned things around, then things got really ugly over in Russia. And, you know, there's scenes of it in the film. Uh, it's, you know, there was, it was just basically, for lack of a better term, it was a civil war, uh, mm-hmm. for a certain period of time. And some of the Red Penguins employees, um, were I guess the word is they were murdered were they not Yeah you know very sad uh,
7: I remember one of our assistant coach Vladimir Bogic uh was headed out uh to play tennis with his wife one afternoon right in front of the building on the sports complex there's tennis courts gymnastics everything um, and I remember that he was walking out and there was a hit that one of the mafias called uh, 21st century was the name of the mafia um, and I remember that they were waiting for a guy that was dressed to play tennis. Unfortunately, our coach came out first, five bullets in his head right in front of his wife. So, this is normal in Moscow, but it wasn't so normal for us. Um, and you'll see in the film, there's even more craziness. Well, they,
2: uh, they, go ahead, Nick. Yeah, they scammed uh, close to a million dollars from the, the operation. How much did you guys make, or did you make? over there.
7: Yeah, well, we did. We were making a lot of money. As I told my partners, Victor Tikhanov and Valery Gushin, we're expecting you to steal a hundred or $200,000 a year, but not a million. And that's, you know, I told them there's an expression in English, pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. And they were flirting with disaster. And they never thought that the Americans would leave. As a matter of fact, they said to us, you're never going to leave because you're never going to admit that the Russians beat you. You're not going to go home with your tail between your legs. And I said, just watch us. And I pulled a, you know Jim Brown out of the dirty dozen, <laughs> just blowing up all the sponsorships on the way out.
1: <laughs> uh, at, uh, at, anyway, going back to Victor uh he, he had a certain reputation in Canada as a, as a sourpuss uh, behind that bench and you know we we sort of in the film see him in a, in a in a little bit of a different light at times and and one one of the one of the funny episodes certainly if you're canadian and you've got used to watching Tikanoff's mug on on tv in canada during the 1980s is he actually did a commercial for vicks uh, not vicks Vaco, but the the cop drops right and, and i think he actually cracked the smile in that commercial didn't he Uh, How did he manage to get Deacon up to crack a smile and do a commercial? Yeah, he was reticent.
7: As a matter of fact, not only was he reticent, he tried to call the whole shoot-off after McCann Erickson had sent their whole film crew to set it up. And um, believe me, that was a national incident. He felt that we were making a fool of him. See, the, the Russians didn't understand endorsements or marketing. So he thought this was another American trick. And the tragedy of the film is that we came with the best of intentions, and we really were there to build this program up again and to create a new dynasty for the Red Army. Unfortunately, they thought it was just another you know, Cold War trick to get them to concede,
1: and unfortunately, that's why the joint venture broke up. Uh, Naz, I'll uh, turn over to you for one last question, and then I'll have one last one for Steve as well. Go it's ahead. Naz.
2: Really interesting part of the documentary: the, the uh, Nike and Adidas situation with um, advertising yeah advertising on the boards.
7: Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, Nike was one of our major sponsors. And everything, we, all the money we made, we split with the Russians. That was the deal. It was going to be 50-50. So Nike had brought in all of their executives from Europe and the United States. And it was Nike night at the arena. And so they also had a logo that was in the ice, on the boards, in the, in the arena itself. And when I got to the arena in the morning, the Nike logo had been cut out of the ice rink boards were taken down and I walked into Tikenoff and Gushin's office and I said what are you doing and they said you know what this is our team our arena we do what we want here so they just made their own side deal with Adidas and blew us up at the same time so it's a crazy crazy film that sort of mirrors what's happening right now with America and Russia, as a matter of fact, I would like to declare political asylum
1: right now and move to Canada <laughs> if there's still a penguin exemption in Canada. Well, you have a you have a history up here. You work for the BC Lions, so uh, we, Steve, uh, we'd love to have you in Canada. <laughs> oh, well, let me let me let me send a letter to our Prime Minister. Maybe we can make it happen. If, uh, you, can, if you can make that happen, I'd be the happiest Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> we, we'd uh, we'd we'd adorn you with a maple leaf sweater as soon as possible possible. Now, now you have been talking. Ta- now we've been talking to Steve Warshaw. We've been talking about the film Red Penguins. It was very very highly rated and received at the Toronto International Film Festival last year. If you're one of these guys that likes to see what the rating is on Rotten Tomatoes before you watch a film, 98%. I've watched it a couple of times. It it takes you your emotions swing back and forth quite a few times in this thing. There's places you will laugh and there's places you will uh, you certainly, it, you you will be jolted. Uh, let's put it that way. Uh, Steve, I uh, last question. Sure. Um, I'm sure you came back. Uh, Baldwin and Ruta got you out of there. They I think they were tremendously concerned for your safety. That's been I guess probably 25 or close to 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever been back? And if you yes, did go back,
7: um, I waited a few years for the heat to die down, and then I ended up uh, promoting Russian Fashion Week. I got into the fashion business, which was a lot safer than the sports <laughs> business. <you know?
1: laughs> so everything's everything's good between Moscow and Steve Warshaw. Uh, any chance, have you ever met with some of the characters? I know in the film you sort of talk to them, one guy's on the screen. Uh, in your in get, getting back to Moscow, have you ever bumped into, I don't even know if they're still alive, Gusev or
6: Gushin yeah. or
7: any of those guys? Well, the amazing news is that Valery Gushin is still breathing oxygen. He's 75 years old. Um, <laughs> he's had heart attacks. He's been in prison, bouts with alcoholism. Car accidents. I don't know how he's still living, but I think he'll outlive us all like Rasputin. And then Viktor Gusev, one of the stars of the film, who was my PR director and right arm, uh, he went on to become the Bob Costas of Russia. He wow. handles all the Olympics and all the major sh- uh, soccer events, and he's really become a superstar in the country. And obviously, a lot of the players went on to the NHL and won Stanley Cups, and in Khabib case, uh, you know, was an all-star. So, yeah, I mean, there was, uh, there were some positive events that came out of it, but for the most part, it is a train wreck that will live in history. And uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, Tikhanov has passed on, has he not? Yeah, he died in 2014. I saw him uh, at the Vancouver Olympics, um, and he actually paid me a really nice compliment. Um, he said that lots of Lots of foreigners have come to Russia to try to fill arenas, and no one has done it like the Russian Penguins did. So that was nice to hear after all the tumult and torture that he provided over
1: the years. Uh, we've been talking to Steve Warshaw. Steve, I can't tell you how much of a pleasure this has been to, to all our listeners. It's Red Penguins. Uh, if you're a sports fan, if you're if you're a fan of, of the modern world, or uh, certainly it's a period piece. Uh, uh, it's about Russia and sports and hockey in, in the 1990s. It's a fascinating story, uh, more so as they say, uh, truth sometimes is stranger than fiction. Steve, thank you so much. We'll stay in touch. Uh, you're, in the, you're in the sports marketing business. We'd like, uh, we'd like to make our, our sports marketing go-to guy from time to time. Uh, this has been a distinct pleasure for us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, gentlemen. (laughs) Steve Warshaw, that was... uh, Naz, uh, you got an opportunity to watch this. What a uh, documentary that was. Holy cow. It was... (laughs) was, uh, Yeah, it's funny, and it's deadly serious. Uh, And and Gabe Polsky, we didn't get a chance to talk to Steve about Gabe, and uh, Gabe Polsky, who's the uh, director we've had on the show a few times, does a marvelous job um as does the the editor a uh, marvelous job in interviewing uh managers Gabe who, who can speak a little bit of russian manages, in fact to ask some questions in in their native tongue uh i thought he just did a marvelous job with this just threading and weaving the story and changing the emotions of the listeners uh so many times during during the whole story Gabe is a uh, well 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 renowned uh, filmmaker, filmmaker's done some uh great films and uh, uh does a wonderful job with Red Penguins.
2: Naz, a minute left, <laughs> was, Buffalo he, Bills. He
1: was, Steve was the story though. He was, yeah, he, he he was the main
2: character in it. He really yeah. good. He he was he was he was, the, he was the nexus of that whole story. Naz Buffalo Bills. Twenty seconds. Well, we're gonna have uh, Buffalo Bills Dave, the Marchese family, the three of us. The two boys and myself and uh we're gonna beat the Jets by twenty points today. Go Bills. To all our listeners, have a uh, fantastic week.
1: We'll be
0: back again next Sunday morning. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.